this podcast is about business and personal development and everything else going on in the world. Uh, this is the podcast for the everyday hustler who's you know looking to unwind after a long day. <laughs> yeah, so join us on our journey as we become better in business. And pretty much just better people in general. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Off the Hustle. This is Jared. Hey, this is Amari. And I want to thank you guys for tuning in again. Uh, today we're going to be talking about something that me and Amari has been not really struggling with, but we're coming up with the ideas that we want for ourselves to uh, embrace, and that's business culture, company culture, uh, choosing who you want to surround yourself with and how you want to, and what type of environment you want to be surrounded in. Uh, before we dive in it, I want to ask Amari. As you guys know, he's been on a trip this weekend. Want to see how was that, man? <laughs> yeah, what's going on, y'all? So, um, yeah, this past weekend, you know, you had Fourth of July. You know, a lot of people uh, embrace this moment to come together. You know, spend time with friends and family, and really just kick it, man. You know, be able to you know kind of enjoy the weekend and really uh, catch up. I know we all usually be working, you know, day in day out to. Uh, pay the bills and feed feed the fam. So, <clears throat> me and a few friends from from Georgia Southern, uh, we we all came together. Uh, got an Airbnb down in Tampa, and you know just enjoyed the weekend. Uh, so, this weekend was actually pretty refreshing. Um, and to think that you know as you get older, you can't find ways new ways to have fun. Um, I can definitely attest that we did, you know, and it's the simple things, honestly, just really just being able to hang out with each other, catch up, talk about life and talk about uh, a variety of different topics and really, you know, enjoy good cooking, enjoy, you know, sports talk, music, uh, the things that you think that you will not be able to make a fun weekend out of if you were sitting in the house, sitting up in the house. Uh, you can, <laughs> so I, I would say that because like so, be mindful. We made we made these plans to go down to Tampa, um, for for Fourth of July. You know, over a month in advance. So this was during a time when you know COVID nineteen was kind of taking, uh, taking this break before Phase Two. Oh, oh yeah, before everybody <laughs> went to the beaches. Yeah, so taking a break before Phase Two, it was um you know we we had already had plans to you know go out to the day parties, go out to the club, do things that you would do if you go out on vacation, um but you know with the COVID nineteen you know ramping back up like it has um, within like the past few weeks, you know we didn't let that we didn't let that deter us from actually enjoying um each other's time and each other's presence. You know, so we made sure to go ahead and get COVID nineteen testing prior to heading down to Florida, and you know we enjoyed the weekend. Spent most of the time at the at the great Airbnb that we had. It was kind of like a compound, so uh, you know it was definitely very spacious. Had an inside pool, you know. You know. Oh, it was that one that level right before Villa. Yeah, I see, I see, I see. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. it's the a small. Vision is there. The vision is there. Right, it's the small wins, man. So you know. Um, yeah, so it was the compound, you know, we definitely, you know, our homegirls, they, they made sure they took care of the, you know, the, the cooking and definitely did a great job, you know, um, giving us great hospitality. Um, you know, the fellas, we, you know, made, made it fun to where we had, you know, pool games, we played all kind of card games, had great conversation, um, you know. And that just made the trip so much worth the time because 
you never know when you'll get those moments back because as we all travel back home, we all take time out to think about what's next in our upcoming weeks. People got to go back to work. People got to take care of their families. It's, it's back to the grind. So when you actually get the time to you know reserve for yourself and enjoy just being here amongst the people that, that you care about, it's something that's very special, man. So that's how my weekend went. You know, I enjoyed it, but I also took the time out over this break to really brainstorm on how everything has been going over these past few weeks in, re- in reference to real estate, in reference to podcasting, in reference to other opportunities that we probably haven't, you know, disclosed publicly yet. But, you know, I'm pretty sure once we continue, as we continue to talk about these type of, these type of um, ideas in the future, the energy is building up. So it's like as you're on vacation, especially as a creator, as a as a business owner, as you're creating um, those ideas in your head, especially while you're on vacation, you're eager. You, you're just so, like, you're amped to get back into the journey. You're amped to get back into the grind because, shoot, it's not just so much about it being the, the finance year to your <laughs> your lifestyle, but... It's something bigger that money can buy, and that is happiness. You know, being passionate about what we do as servers of our communities and servers of, you know, bringing people together. So, I, you know, overall, you know, just to sum all that up, you know, July 4th weekend was was very eventful and very well worth it, man. How about yours? Man, it was, it was good. Um me, I just went to went to my girl's family house, hung out with her, hung out with them, uh, got free food, so you know that always put me in a, in a good mood, <laughs> uh, good conversation, man. Oh, yeah. Just just being able to sit down, cause you you know more about my backstory than most. Mm-hmm. But I I didn't grow up with my father, so sometimes when I run into dudes that seem like positive role models, I like mm-hmm. to pick their brain. Yeah. So I was talking to her her dad uh, and her godfather. Uh, and just he- hearing them tell about how their story and what they were doing when they were around my age and mm-hmm. them saying how they were working two two jobs at that time. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. so what I'm doing ain't crazy. It's just <laughs> it's just everybody else ain't on it yet, you know? Oh, yeah, bro, trust when, me. When people say you got an old soul, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm moving like a man that's about 50, 60 right now. That's, that, that's, that's all it is. Hey, man. I'm preparing for it. So yeah. it, was, it was a good time, man, just to sit down, relax. And then like you said again, man, I don't know what it is about weekends, but that's when I do my best thinking. True. And honestly, I I I, I really got about two or three uh <laughs> new ideas or components I want to add to our business moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh just I'm I'm just say what what two of them, two or three of them are uh just because I, you know, if I yeah. can drop a gem out there to somebody else who may be listening, who may be doing what we're doing mm-hmm. and may already be a couple steps ahead of us. Amen. Maybe they can take it and run with it, man. It's a, I, I like the attitude of abundance and, and not being afraid to have some competition because that's what makes the world go round. But I was thinking about uh, mortgage originators. Oh, yeah. I would love to incorporate that where you can... We, we I'm trying to turn this into the one-stop shop. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. mortgage uh, originating. I looked up PNC insurance, um, and that's property and casualty. Uh, mm-hmm. I... I I'm working on my insurance license. I, I summarize certain stuff, but property and casualty insurance, and that's like most people hear that and they oh, car insurance. Yes, but it's also your home insurance. That's correct. So that and 
everyone has to have home insurance if you get a mortgage. <laughs> I'm just saying, if it's all in one place, why not get it here? It's not mandatory, yeah. but why not? Uh, and then the third one I was actually looking at was, uh, and me and you've talked about this one uh, together, was starting our own contractor company. Uh, yeah. Not necessarily being the GCs, but, you know, it's something, true. something. I tell in that you, realm. You know, yeah, so that's and that's one of the main things that I've been looking into within these past few months since we've been, you know, head down and, and just working day in, day out is becoming a, a building in in house general contractors. You know, because <clears throat> when you talk about acquiring properties and, you know, either if you deciding to buy and hold, you know, want to renovate them um, in, in, at one point in time in this life cycle creating those projects you know that's a that's a huge um cost that mm-hmm. is that you know that that can make or break a a, pro- a project's um su- mm-hmm. you know level of success so you know when you talk about building in-house solutions in reference to real estate a general contractor can definitely be someone that you need to be able to have trust in uh need to be able to have full confidence in that they're going to be able to you know, not just do the work correctly as you wish, but being able to make sure that you can have those conversations and talk about the budget. Talk about, hey, is this going to be a pot? Is this going to bring a, does this have like over a 70% chance of bringing positive cash flow? You know, the rule of the game in reference to real estate, as well as a lot of different industries, is positive cash flow. You know, uh, being able to analyze those deals, you know, um, to be able to analyze a deal in any um, any fashion in reference to any kind of industry, you need to be able to see how um, see how the story is told through the numbers. So being able to you know in reference to real estate, that's where a good general contractor will be able to come in handy. Um, of course, um, right now we're resourcing out, but being able to one day resource in internally either myself or you or someone that we bring in that we can be able to add to our team and say, hey, what we trust this we trust this 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 lady or this guy and this person is going to be able to add value and help us further understand and further um forecast that hey we have a, a solid plan here. So it's just something to think about. And I like that transition because now <laughs> yeah. we can talk about what everyone's probably here to talk about in the first place. <laughs> and that's company culture surrounding yourself with people you like and trust mm-hmm. and love to do business with business with. So I want to ask you, uh, you know, I, I tend to ask you a lot. So I'm actually going to start this one off. That's cool. Man. I'm going to tell you what I believe a good company <laughs> culture is or just what is it in general. Mm-hmm. So a company culture is kind of like those values that every company say they built on. But sometimes you dare and you just like, I don't see honesty around here or integrity around here. Mm-hmm. Those are actually what the company culture is. Yeah. It's those it's those intangible features that make your company uniquely itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm gonna speak speak from my perspective, and I'm gonna let you give them a more you know accurate mm-hmm. description. That's cool. But uh, I feel like that's what a company culture is. Is 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 if everyone there is a sport head, everyone loves sports. That's the company culture. It's built on the mm-hmm. loving of one thing, the loving of helping your customer built on honesty, customer experience, feeling like family. Mm-hmm. Those are things that people will call their values, but when you link them all together, they become the company culture. So, yeah. yeah, man. So, like, in that, you know, those are some great characteristics of what, you know, great companies out there today 
um, embody when you talk about the, the, the business culture of, you know, how that identity, how that DNA comes about. And, you know, so, you know, um, we, from, from our perspective, you know, and this is kind of just really kind of picking back off of you, you know, business culture, you know, it kind of entitles like the beliefs and the behaviors that influence how people in, in that organization, you know, how they engage with one another. So, and how they handle the business. Um, so when you, and this kind of like goes back into like those values that each individual and how they are, um, how company leaders are able to align, you know, if not everyone in that organization, but how at least align majority of those people to be able to buy in into the vision and mm-hmm. buy into what the company stands for, you know, and of course every business that that's something that every company is striving to be perfect at. You know, some are getting close to it. Some are still trying to figure it out, you know, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, um, a lot of different um, human resource specialists, uh, a lot of company leaders, they bring in people, um, vendors from the outside to, you know, reinforce the, the, those ideas that they try to push as a full organization about, you know, what do we value? What do we stand for? What things do we truly believe in? What do we not believe in? And what things are we considering in the future? And how can we bring that change about the mass among our among our team members in our in our organization as well as our community? You know, that's another thing that you know when you talk about someone like a um, a company like uh, one of the companies that we're going to talk about today. You know, Chip Fil A. Uh, that's a company that's been known for their customer service, um, been known for their family um, values, and being able to embrace giving a great experience no matter if you know no matter what the situation is kind of like uh um, i was reading a book uh, over this past weekend um, of course a book i mentioned last last episode which is um the the book by ryan serhan and he was speaking on in chapter two talking about how you can be able to turn a no into a yes no matter how bad the situation is you know, or no matter how challenging the situation is, I don't want to use the word bad, but because every situation that doesn't kind of work in your favor is, is, is should be seen as bad. It should be seen as a challenge that you should, you as a professional, you as a um, salesman should want to take on and find the solution to turn mm-hmm. that no into a yes. So those things add into a company culture. And that's, and those are the things, because when you talk about, getting all your team members in the company on board. You know, everyone's not going to buy in just just because they work there. You said a word and you said it twice. It's mm-hmm. actually a phrase. Yeah. You said it twice mm-hmm. and in a lot of circles is very loaded. Mm-hmm. Buy in. <laughs> buy in, man. A lot of times and this is from my experience, a lot of times when people say something like buy in, buy in, buy in, mm-hmm. it's them wanting to you to embrace the company culture mm-hmm. and take it in as part of who you are, uh, but you haven't quite seen the vision yet. Yeah. So my, the way I'm trying to phrase my question, it's not really a question, it's my statement, mm-hmm. is that buying in isn't a negative yeah, it's not. It, it can feel that way when you don't, when your values and the company's values don't align, mm-hmm. and that that's one thing I've had to learn, because uh, I've worked at quite a few companies <laughs> at this yeah. point, and the ones I love the most were the ones where I never heard that word. Yeah, and the and the and the, and the piggyback off you again, man, is that when you talk about those moments where you've worked for a company, 
and it was you found it challenging for yourself as an individual to buy into the company you know let's put it like this a lot of companies especially a lot of big companies you know the top the the, the executive leadership may be CEOs you know chief financial officers those type of um business athletes those people may exemplify those core values of what the organization stands for mm. as you go as you go down the the hierarchy of leadership and let's say for you you may have you know the person that you may report to as a general manager or a director that person per se may not reflect those values that the entire company you know um stands on and that's one of the reasons why if you probably haven't you probably have or have not heard of this saying whereas you know people don't leave job opportunities because you know they hate their job they really just did not like the fact that leadership didn't reflect what the company stood for mm. yeah so you know the company you know cuz and and, and it doesn't really matter if it's a uh a fortune 500 corporation or if it's a mom and pop um, love of business, you know, that really sticks with people because at the end of the day, we're all human beings. We want to feel value. We want to feel that we support something that is genuine and something that aligns with us as individuals. And when, and when, it, when as we find it difficult to get that alignment um, with that business that we work for or work with daily, it is very challenging for us to say, hey, you know what? Uh, let me not, um, you know, I'm I'm willing to c- commit another year here or another day. Uh, let me go on ND.com and start doing another job search, you know, especially for someone who knows the level of impact that they can bring to a business. Mm. You know, um, that's one thing that I, I do like about the business environment today in today's era of society is where people are starting to gain more of a conscience and more of a voice of how much they uh, how much not so much about how much money they can make for a company but the overall impact the the level of skill the level of influence the level of personality charisma those things that you can't you can't put a money amount on but those things that you have to consider as a business leader or a manager or just an overall professional you have to think about that type of stuff when you engage with your team members or when you engage with your colleagues because that could be that make it a breaking point for if they want to stay with the organization or if they want to seek other opportunities elsewhere. Yeah, and just being someone who's worked for a couple of different companies, and you've probably heard this yourself because we're in the same generation. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say, well, the generation now won't stay at a job for 20, 30, 40 <laughs> years anymore oh, yeah. and just retire from it. And I think some people say it's because of the money. Mm-hmm. Some people say our generation is entitled and we want it all. Mm-hmm. I think what it truly is is that the generation before us did a really good job of instilling values in us. Yeah. Now I can't say all of us, but a lot of us wasn't were instilled with a lot of great values. And when we go somewhere and the values that we're said are supposed to be exemplified aren't, mm-hmm. we want to leave. Oh yeah. And it'll ha- and it's not like an overnight one day. It'll be amazing when you first get there because you'll think. The work I'm doing, over it, the work I'm doing is more important, mm-hmm. or the money I'm making is more important. Mm-hmm. And then two years go by, and then now you're sitting at a job that's become routine, it's become easy, is is really mundane, mm-hmm. and yep. 
though you know there's room for improvement, you know you can do more things to bring. And now I'm talking for some of my W two workers right now. Oh, you sure. know there's more stuff you can do to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. But then in the back of your head, you're thinking, well, why would I do it for these people? Mm-hmm. The people that that say they value hard work, but I'm the only one I see working hard. Oh yeah, for sure. Or I value honesty. But I've been lied to by management two and three and four times a month. Or the people that says this company values integrity. But I've seen shady stuff done in the background to our customers. And that when that starts to happen and it compiles and it grows, now all those values that the previous generation instilled in us, where they said you're gonna be a straight up stand up man, you're gonna be integ you're gonna have integrity, you're gonna be honest. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. Mm-hmm. And now your job is making you compromise those things. Because I've been in that situation. Yeah. I when too. when I when then I'll be very candid when I sold cars. Yeah. There was times when I was told, not necessarily to lie, but I was told to say what it takes to get a customer to come in for an appointment. And you know, you've known me for a while. Oh, yeah. I'm a very, I'm going to tell you what it is and you can make your own choice type person. Yeah. And when I'm told, no, take away that choice from someone, say what you need to say to get a butt in a seat. Now I'm thinking, I really don't want to work. It isn't, and it's not, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this for you right. anymore. And do it for that and do it with that approach. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hmm. You know, and, you know, and, and I, and I think you spoke on something very profound when it comes to our generation um, I think that's where, you know, the bridge has kind of, you know, uh, earthquake has kind of off-centered the bridge between our generation and the generations before us where we have to we have to have those frequent conversations um, with, with people of the older generation is reference to, you know, the reason why we do not see ourselves putting forth 20 10, 20 plus years at one organization, it's not, like you mentioned, it's not for the money. It's more about knowing your your level of impact. What do you bring to the table? And also understanding that money isn't everything. Um, and this, and, and, you know, for you, for your listeners out there, you know, this, um, right now you may, you know, be following us in our conversation and thinking that, hey, you know, the things that they're talking about, does it really align with company culture? It does. And the reason why I, I can, I can attest to this is because that when you sit there day in, day out, working with an organization, a business, you know, that may be successful or that may not be successful at that present time. But they've already showed they have already shown their their track record of success in the past. When you're sitting there and you're not even thinking about, you know, you can't even think about creating new ideas or bringing something to the table for this organization, um, and you're ready to leave that opportunity and risk it all because you know you can do it yourself or you can do it with another organization that would actually appreciate your value. And that's something that, you know, our generation has learned from our parents, learned from our, our just our elders in, in general. So when you talk about passing down those values, you know, this kind of goes into our next, you know, our next, um, you know, next topic in reference to company culture is defining it, you know, because you as an individual, 
you may think that, you know, it's not easy to pick up on what an organization um, follows and what they appreciate as um, as a group when you first join them in the workforce and trying to achieve that company goal. But after you've been there for a minute, you see similar patterns, how people communicate, how people work together, how what kind of goals do they set? Do they have layoffs on a regular basis? Do they, you know, do, are they are they really taking time out to hear the the voices of the team members at that organization versus just relying trying to leverage the people's voices in the time of need? Um, so you know, so Jerry, like, let me ask you this question. You know, when we talk about define when we talk about company culture how does that originate for you in your in your perspective perspective how do you think a company defines a um defines a company culture man the way that i think that they really come about is from the top down i think uh, and i'm speaking more of a how to create it mm-hmm. but i'm not going to dive deep into it because i know we're going to touch on that a little bit later oh yeah but it's really it comes from the ownership, ownership, the C-suite managers, or not even that, just those beginning managers in those beginning days. Mm-hmm. So now I want to speak to our entrepreneurs uh, that are at where we're at. Yeah. So for us, how we define it and create it is really just sitting down and looking at other companies mm-hmm. and how they created theirs, uh, just so we can get an idea of what we want to value around us. Yeah. So an example I would give would be. Uh, Ray Dalio and his company Bridgewater. Uh, if you check out his book Principles, he talks about it. Uh, or you can just download the the iPhone app. It's free. Uh, I think it may be on Android too. I'm not. Yeah, I think so. I think it is on Android. But he talks about how his company was built on radical honesty. Uh, a little bit about his story is Ray Dalio's grown one of the greatest hedge funds uh, that I know of, mm-hmm. and. What he did was he built the culture of honesty from the top to the bottom. And part of the way he did that was when he has like managers meetings, uh, when someone presents something, they actually have a time to uh, critique each other, as I would say, in real time. They, they'll they sit at a table. Everyone has an iPad. It, it would be essentially like if you had a clicker. When you're in, when you're in one of those like bio classes, going, yeah, going back to school days, yeah, back to the school days, <laughs> take it to college. I mean, some people are listening that are going to be in college or went to college with us, so they remember what the clickers are like. Oh, yeah. So you click what you believe the answer is, and some of the answers will be uh, A, this is amazing, B, I love it, let's do it, C, I think this is stupid, and D, why am I in this meeting? <laughs> yeah, and you can hit C, and you'll see out of 12 people in the room, you're mm-hmm. the only one who said. This idea is stupid. Yeah. But then it opens the conversation that isn't punished for thinking something isn't right. Because now either you're seeing something the other 90% doesn't or the other 90% is seeing something you don't. Mm-hmm. But this helps keep everyone on the same page because everyone's honest. Every And, it's, and it goes from the top all the way down to the bottom where you can be 100% honest with your manager, but you're doing your job, and your manager can be 100% honest with you and helping you develop and grow. Yeah, and and I'm glad that you brought in an example of, you know, of a hedge fund 
that is known for their radical honesty because you know I'm not sure if you guys have um have cable or not but if you do if you have Showtime there's a show that I, I truly do um have an interest in it's called Billions and this show is about you know the two different worlds of building a dynasty it's kind of like the financial version of Game of Thrones if I may say, <laughs> you know, and, you know, if you guys have, if you guys are familiar with billions, you know exactly what I mean. You know, the show takes place in New York city. It's a, um, it's about a head, a head funds manager. Who's a multi-billionaire, um, by the name of, um, Aserod. Can't, can't really remember his first name, but he, he's, he's gone. He's on the show. Now he's known for, his name is Ax, and he's known for being this, you know, very, uh, admired head funds manager. He's very a go getter type of guy, and he is willing to do anything by any means to get the the W for him and his company. Um, and you know, in, in the world of Wall Street, you know, it has a perception of being very you know cutthroat. You know, very black and white. Not really about integration, or not really about you know thinking. Uh, considering others to make sure that they continue to get that that dollar bill, um, so that's very interesting to hear about Ray Dalio. I'm very I'm kind of familiar with him, um, but so on the flip side, from a I want to bring up another company by the name of Chick Fil A. Oh, everyone knows Chick Villa. <laughs> Chick Villa. So, but yeah, so Chick Fil A, you know, when it's a family based organization that is known for their customer service known for giving a great experience every time. You know, they're so great at it. People have actually created videos on social media trying to catch them in the act of not giving a great experience. And it's and you know, and that's been something that, you know, has been a perception for so long. It it's not it's not a perception because it's not a perception that has been short lived. It's something that has been consistent, if not almost consistent every single time with this company based off of their company culture. And I truly believe that it's been ingrained in every single team member at at that company because not just because of the great leadership that they may have at their different locations or at the corporate office. I think that they actually, you know, get that from the founder, you know, Troy Cathy. And you talk, talk about when he actually created that, you know, the original chicken sandwich and it grew, that idea grew into a full empire. It started from his values at home. And I truly believe that for any great, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a business owner, it doesn't matter if you're a um, executive leader in your organization or if you're uh, a local manager or even a team member, I feel like you, before you can express your culture to other people, you have to really look at yourself and say, okay, what's my culture at home? Mm. What's my culture with my family? What's my culture with my friends? And when you do that self-assessment, you can be able to really get a good look at yourself, see what are the things that you want to add to your company. Doesn't matter if it's your company or not. And what things you want to kind of reframe behind the curtain and and not just keep it behind the curtain just for the sake of hiding it, 
but you want to go ahead and make that an area of improvement. So when you are ready to express to your team members, express us to your colleagues, the people that you work with on a daily basis, this is something that you can bring to them and have a story. This kind of goes back into the, the episode that we had um, just recently. And we talked about, you know, what is your story? And that adds to it. And you can be able to tell the story and connect the dots with the culture that you want to present to those who you want to exemplify that with your brand. So it will be fair to say that company culture is truly what is the story of the company. Yeah. So the same as you can say, what's my story? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm built on the values of this. Mm-hmm. You can say the same thing for a company. Yeah. The company's culture is this, and the story is this. Like uh, For us, it will be we're two young guys who started early mm-hmm. to try to develop a company that could build up neighborhoods like the ones we grew up in. Yeah. And when you think about it like that, oh, man. That, that's a true story behind the company. So when we say, yeah, our company is built on honesty and integrity, well, we can say, well, because when we started out, we started out with the vision of honesty. We started out with the vision of integrity mm-hmm. where we would treat, we're dealing with people's, realistically, this is what people save their entire lives for. Exactly. And we're coming in and we're we're, we're helping them make the tough decisions with with. We say property, but with homes. Yeah. These are homes. These are homes. These are not just. This is not just pieces of land that, you know, come and go. This is something that we can be able to provide to a person who wants to start a new chapter in their life. So, when we say that's, when we say the company culture for us is this, we we work in honesty and integrity because you're working with people's homes. Yeah, and it it puts us in a position for those who know us to check us when we do wrong. Yeah. Or for us to check each other. Mm-hmm. So when we say something that's a half truth, I can tap you and say, hey, Amar, call that dude back, bro. You got to tell him the, the rest of the story. Yeah. I, I know you didn't mean it in ill intent, Ill intent, mm-hmm. but hey, it has to be said. It has to be said because you, you, you always want to be able to give them the opportunity to make the decision for themselves. Mm. And to add on to some of the characteristics that you mentioned in reference to our, our companies, you know, you know, I want to add a few others. You know, I look at just the level of intensity and the level of energy that we've given into our ideals to get um together since the beginning. You know, I think of high energy. I think you know, I think of you know waking up early in the morning, coming together and really getting to our goals, getting to the things that we outline for the day, outline for the week, for the month. The you know, and the list goes on. And you know, that's in. Um, another one, another characteristic is positivity. You know, being able to keep a positive mindset, being able to turn that no into a yes, being able to tell yourself, despite what areas that I need to improve on right now, let's find a way to get a solution for our client. Let's find a way to get a solution for whatever roadblock we're facing right now so we can continue to move forward. Another one, um, another, uh, I have two more. You know, my, my next one is adventurous, mm. you know, not just because of the fact that, you know, we have an end goal of being, you know, one one of the best um, developing com- companies in the world. But we are as we're going along our journey of creating and scaling our business, we are continuously finding new and uh, inventive ways to um, give people resources to give people our stories as we create them. 
and also take on new challenges. You have to have some type of level of adventure seeking um, DNA to say, you know what, let me not say no. Yeah, my heart is beating <laughs> very rapidly. Yeah, I'm anxious. Yeah, I'm, I'm nervous. But hey, what's the worst that can happen? That's some. That's a level of adventure. And my last one is continuous development. Mm, yes. You know, right now it's me and you, you know, doing this business. But, you know, as we continue to expand and we continue to add new talent, new resources, uh, new partners on, into this business, you know, we want them as we continue to develop as leaders, we want them, we want our people uh, and not just people who work in our company, people that we do business with as a reference to our clients people of our communities, the people that are neighbors of these homes that we work on and that we provide to people who are starting new chapters. You know, it's something that's very bigger than us. And I I kind of, you know, try to correlate this with like a sports team. You know, people who don't, it's, it's plenty of, uh, plenty of Los Angeles Lakers fans out there who don't even live in Los Angeles. But based on the mystique based on the, the the legendary track record that they have, the players that they, they have come and gone through, you know, that organization and just overall what they stand for, stand for greatness. It makes people want to gravitate towards that organization and represent it no matter what. I feel the same way about our our business is the fact that we want to be so great and we never want to get content with where we're where we at. No matter how much success we, we, we earn over the over our over our years, we want to make sure that people are proud to do do business with Bad Batch. People are proud to come on the uh, off the off the hustle podcast. People are you know looking forward to engaging with Omari and Jared and whoever else that represents Bad Batch because the reputation. It's just that great, and it's just that genuine with how much they um, prioritize service. Man, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you say all the words, that's all you really can say. Is, I couldn't agree more. Oh, man, I feel yeah. you. And you yeah. just nod. Yeah. <laughs> you said it. Yeah. So, so I kind of want to talk, uh, before we move into how you create this type of culture, I want to touch on challenges and I want to touch it from two perspectives. Okay. One perspective of the company creating this culture. Mm-hmm. And the second perspective is something we kind of touched on because I want to hear entrepreneurs and our W2 managers or people who are aspiring managers, our aspiring CEOs that want to just go work in a company that's already built and just make it better. Yeah. One, uh, how do you, what are some of the challenges you can face growing uh, and creating a company culture from scratch. And two, what do you do when the company culture doesn't fit you personally? Mm. So to you know, so to address the first question, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, um, I think one of the, one of the first initial challenges that a lot of people, even you know us, you know, I think everyone faces this ch- this challenge, and it's not just in the in the beginning of becoming a leader or becoming a contributor to a team. I think that this is something that you will have continuously have to revisit along the career of being a professional that wants to get better. 
I think that challenge is getting out of your own zone. And what I mean by that is when you're talking about creating a culture for others, key word is others. And that's the reason why I said it with that much emphasis is that it's because when you create a culture, like I mentioned earlier in the conversation, you, you want to think about what what things do you value? What do you align yourself with? What things you agree with? What things you disagree with? And uh, what are your goals? And sometimes, you know, that can be a double-edged sword. You know, with thinking about your core values on a personal level, you know, you have to find a way to get other people to align with that. And you have to get people to buy into that. And if you're not careful and if you're not considering other people's objection and other people's viewpoints of how they value themselves and how they value other things in, in the world today, you can clash very quickly. And if you're not considering the possible objection, you can find yourself in a very sticky, sticky situation. I think, it's a, like you said, it's a level of, and you correct me if I'm wrong, self-awareness. Yes, definitely. You have to be 100% aware of what you value. Because when you say you're going to build a company culture, you're your first employee. Yeah. You have to figure out what values you personally value. Not the ones that people say you should value. Not the ones other people say these are great values. No, you have to sit down, go into that dungeon, pull out your journal, and write down, I care about this. I don't care about that. Because if you're honest with yourself, you may not care about honesty. (laughs) I'm just saying, there's people out there. And that's crazy as that sounds. That's very, very accurate. You know, and that goes into what I was stating. You know, you think about what you truly value. If you truly value stabbing people people in the back, but you want to create a sales and marketing company... Then just look forward to having some some possible issues with fist fights. Yeah, so <laughs> building a team in the future, you know, or even doing great work with different clients and you know in your business. So you know that's something that's where you have it's kind of like a, 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 a come come to come to the truth moment with yourself. You have to really be honest and transparent with yeah. who you are as a person first. You have to, like you mentioned. Realize that you are your first employee. You're working for yourself. This is not um, this. You calling yourself an entrepreneur or you calling yourself a business owner is not the time for you to be on a high horse or on your big throne. This is a moment for you to really dig deep into yourself and say, okay, what things am I, or what things do I specialize in, and what things do I need to work on from a personal level, you know. So that's something to really, you know, very be mindful of. And what tip I would give is also uh, when you do that, you have to be very honest with yourself and saying, okay, I don't care about this or I'm not good at this. Mm -hmm. And when you say that and do that, accept it. Yeah. Set it to the wayside. If you don't value organization, and everything being in a perfect place at a perfect time, mm-hmm. don't put that as a as something you want to value. Yeah. Or it's two ways you can do it. You can put you can say, Hey, I'm not good at this. I need to surround myself with people who is good at who ding, are ding, who are ding, good ding, at this. Ding, ding. And <laughs> that's what that self awareness brills. Yeah, so. But at the same time, now you building a company culture around your weakness. Exactly. 
Now, you built a whole company that's, like I said, you're building a sales and marketing company. And now you built a culture because you're an amazing visionary. You can see the vision, but you can't organize it. But now you have a whole team around you of four or five people who are organizers. That's yeah. what they do. And all you have to do is throw ideas at them. Yeah, in a great in a great way to in in kind of relate this to someone who may be you know either starting out their their new business idea or someone who is still working with a, a business today, a great alternative to doing that to accomplishing that task of surrounding yourself with people who have those skills or those personalities that can complement where you're lacking that is social media. Mm. Let's and I'm thinking from a perspective. Let's say someone who lives in a small town where they don't have the the people resources, or they may not have the storefronts or the businesses that captivate that energy, that culture. You can go on YouTube right now. Go on, you know, search for a a, a various number of different business minds or professionals who have those skills and you can be able to learn from them, which we call today YouTube University. Mm. You can actually create your own curriculum of different people that have those skills, that have the expertise to be able to get from, from, from those videos, you can be able to get that personality from them and to try to apply it to yourself because let's be mindful now. That's one of the best things that some of these Fortune 500 CEOs, some of these business tycoons, some of these great business minds that we still idolize today. One of the best things that they they were ever um, great at was not just trying to be perfect or trying to know every single thing. They understood what they knew. They understood what they were great at. But at the same time, too, they were very mindful of what they where they lacked. And they and with that, they took the time and effort and took the initiative to get people who had those attributes where they lacked and they surrounded themselves with those people. And one more tip on this before we move on to you know talking to our people who are W two people mm-hmm. is LinkedIn. LinkedIn for sure. Slept on. Very slept Man, on. Man, it's it's the one place I can I can literally go on LinkedIn right now, send a request with a message to the president of Cox. <laughs> yeah. I've done it. That's that's why it's funny. But I can literally go on, see the president, send him a message, say, hey, I know you're busy. I don't have anything that I can offer you. This is what I know. This is what I don't know. How can I get where you are? You Who knows? You may send out hundreds of these mm-hmm. to hundreds of CEOs. of. You can send it to every CEO of the top 100 companies in the world. For sure. And as long as they got a LinkedIn, you can... You can get in contact with them. Now, don't get me wrong. Law, law of averages are your friend. You may send it to 100. <laughs> Only 50 of them may open it. Hey, but guess and of that 50, 25 of them going to read it. Yep. And of that 25, there's going to be five people who go, I like this kid. He honest with himself. He honest with me. He want to get where I'm at. I want to see if he can do it. Yep. And, and that goes into the point of there's always a way when you have the willpower. Man. There's always a way, and that go you know that ties you know that ties into building a great culture, not just for a company 
yourself as mainly for yourself because and 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 to help kind of bring this stuff this whole conversation full circle i want to remind you guys who are listening right now you are the first company that you will ever invest in is the company of yourself never lose never lose sight of that and if you do I hope that you find a way to reinforce that idea or at least have people around you who remind you of that. Because, you know, in today's society, that's one thing I do like about, you know, our generation is that we are very aware that, hey, us as individuals, we are a business. We can do we can create an, a brand and the first brand that we, we we typically try to go for is the brand of ourselves and. You know, and when you talk about branding yourself, that's a company culture. You have to be able to find a way to share that with the world. And I'm going to throw another word in there uh, for our older generation that are listening. Mm-hmm. Not the word brand, but your reputation. The reputation. Oh, you're building the reputation. The reputation. I, and that, oh, that's one thing that's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, like, I say, and I say that because I. I have heard I've have I have heard the word brand, branding, you know, just synonyms of that very often in like probably the past year. And that's and that's not a bad thing, that's a great no, thing. Okay. But one thing I do appreciate is when someone will not deter their their that reputation just for a quick opportunity. Uh-huh. Someone who's willing to say no because this does not fit with my core values, does not fit with my reputation that I have built, and it doesn't fit with my company's culture. Exactly. And when you honestly, it puts people in a more powerful position mm-hmm. when you can say, "Nah, I'm, I'm, we're not doing this." Why it doesn't align with the company values? Yeah. When you can say that because your company's culture is that solid. Yeah. Man, it puts you in a whole different level of business. And a lot of people be like, well, you turn down opportunities, you turn down money. No, 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 no. There's a law that says when you are authentic and your most your most vulnerable self, gifts come to you. Yeah. That's a level of authenticity that companies can hold. Now for our W two workers, because we love to talk to both, because we've been both. Yeah. So, for our W two workers, what do you do when the company's values don't fit your values, or you don't know the company's values? That's a great question, and I can tell you from my personal story, I faced that because I've been with Cots for four going on five years now, and matter of fact. Yes, um, yesterday was my my fifth anniversary, fifth working anniversary for COTS. So keep the four one k. I know, right? <laughs> hey, 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 so civilized. Oh yeah, man. Oh man. So, um, being with COTS, it's amazing, and the reason why it's amazing not just because of the pay, but for the learning lessons that I've acquired over my time being with them and working with them, and. The people who I've had the chance to work with, especially being working in project management, working in change management, you learn a lot daily. You learn something about yourself. You learn something about even the people that you work with regularly. Is that 
when I joined that company in 2016, finding the way of learning about the company's values, it wasn't like, oh, this is it's, it's a one document, here you go, welcome to orientation. No, you, you're jumping into business from day one, and you're learning so much to get familiar with the business, get familiar with the whole industry, that you really don't, you know, you're not, that's, it's in the back of your mind initially, and from just from my perspective as Amari Davis. But as I started to learn more about business, as I started to learn more about what's truly important and what really makes a business successful, I took the time out to do my own research. And it's on the company website, what they value, what's their mission statement, what's their, you know, what's their strategic plan, you know, the people that they, the type of people that they value, the things that they do for the communities, all that it goes into that package of a culture. And from doing that initial research at that time, and since then, I've always found a way to ask the question of how does the work that I do every day, how does that align with what this organization stands for? Mm. So to kind of bring that down from a overarching high level scenery and, and to scale it down to we talking about the everyday W-2 worker or the everyday W-2 leader. When you're in these meetings, when you're working daily with your team members and with your leaders regularly, you need to really ask them those questions of, hey, how's your family doing? What you got going on outside of work? How do you see the work that we're doing? How does it add to your life personally? And how do you add to it? And, you know, and, and having those type of conversations, it doesn't have to be an everyday conversation, but when you ask those, when you ask your team members, when you ask your managers, when you ask whoever you work with those questions, you will learn more about the company because the company is, if that one person is giving you, you know, great feedback or that person is giving you the, the, the energy of like, man, I never really thought about that. Or they give me that, that, that uncomfortable, awkward feeling. It kind of, you know, it's kind of safe to say like, Hey, a lot of us, a good number of people who really never thought about bringing that energy or bringing that, those, those personal values to their business and having a personal connection with the business that they work with. And that's very, you know, very important. It's a magic word you're saying right there. What they haven't done. What they haven't done. They haven't bought in. That's right. The buying is not there. Yeah. And it's crazy because I didn't realize that it was such a unique thing. But one thing I love to do is when I when I would interview for a company, I would ask, uh, what's the culture and how do I fit into it? Mm. Yeah. Because I know, uh, I mean, be honest, I know me. I know what I value. If I come to your company and y'all say, well, we value... I don't know. I'm trying to think of something I don't value. I try to forget the stuff I don't value. That way I don't have to think about it. We value, uh, I'm just thought of something random. We value independent thinkers, but I like to be given clear instruction of what I'm doing. That's not me. Obviously, you know me. But mm-hmm. I like giving clear instruction of what I do. Maybe this ain't a cultural fit because after like the third time on my manager saying, hey, just figure it out and get back to me. I'm going to be upset. <laughs> but another question that I will ask is, and I, I encourage anyone who's looking for a job right now, especially right now, something that will set you apart is, 
Figure out who's your interviewer. Look them up on LinkedIn. See how long they've been at the company. If they've been at the company for five plus years, say it. Because they always ask you, do you have any questions? You can politely say, Jessica, I see that you've been with uh, ABC Company for over five years. And I wanted to know, um, how has the company culture changed since you've been there? How, how has it improved? What, what, it, what makes you happy to come to work every day? That's very, very, very true. And the, and the, and the piggyback off of you, to take it a, a step further, for those people who are striving to get promoted uh, among different, you know, upper-level leadership opportunities, you know, bigger opportunities with the company that they work with now, as you strive for, for those goals to, you know, up your game, take time out if you haven't already done so, to learn more about the company's vision, learn more about the actual values that are listed on the company's website. Read the read the you know the the story of how the companies that you work with came to be. Because to Jer- to Jared's point, when you're in that interview or when you're just having those conversations with the people who are the decision makers. Bringing up those type of um, subtopics about the company's story, about the company's value versus just the money that we make. That's going to be a very good standing out point, not just for you to have a chance to get a promotion, but for something to actually build relationship with those people that you're working with. And and someday you will like to be um, counterparts with versus just being the, um, the subordinates. It was a tweet we put out yesterday, and I want to say it said, uh, your your network will get you indoors that your degree never will. That's true. And that is exactly what you're saying. Yeah, and that, you know, and, and that's very that's very important because, you know, you have to in order for you to up your game, and this is just, and this is for everyone who's listening, this is for people who are business owners, this is for people who are working with you know, working with different companies the people who are the W-2, um, 9-to-5, 9-to-5ers. You know, I, if anything, I want to give this gem to even for the person who is, you know, at that crossroads where they're working the 9-to-5, but they are putting the extra time and sweat equity, um, sweat equity into building that business at the, same, at the same time as working a 9-to-5. You know, ask yourself, am I truly thinking like a, the leader that I want to be one day? If I'm, you know, if I'm working a regular position, no matter if it's a se- uh, a regular entry level position or a senior position, a director, executive leader, you know, whatever level you're on, ask yourself, how can I create that by, how can I create that with myself where I'm at right now and build that roadmap to get to that next phase of my career? Because that's how you can yourself, as just single individual, figure out the way to make sure that you are a good fit to take on future opportunities with that company. And then it, if it's something that does not align with you personally with the company that you work with, you have to you can be able to figure out a game plan to train yourself to 
bring something new to the table versus just trying to be a uh, template fit for that current setting. In typical off the hustle fashion, I want us to go ahead and hit them with the action steps. How are we going to end out today? Uh, I actually want to start with the first action step, which would be uh, something I touched on a little bit earlier. I want everyone to go get them a journal. It could be something fancy. It can be leather bound. It could be something like a spiral notebook. It could just be one of those trapper keepers with a whole bunch of paper in it. Hey, at the end of the day, it has to be. It needs to be something that you can be proud to write in. Something that you can take pride in. You know, pride starts with you. Something you can carry with you every day. Because what I want you to do over the next, really, just take an hour or two hours tonight. Right after you listen to this. And sit down and just really write down, what do I value? What do I want to value? Uh, and that's the first action step. Yeah, and you know, and you know, to piggyback off of that, you as a business owner, and when I when I when I state the word business owner, I'm talking to everyone, everyone that's listening to this right now. Wherever you are in your career, wherever you are in your life, understand that the biggest brand, the biggest reputation, the biggest story that will ever be told is the story that you live out as a person. And this is the reason why Jared and myself are taking the time out to give you these action steps today on this particular episode. So... As you're doing what Jared instructed you to do with his action steps, I want you to next start to build out your excuse me, build out your culture breakdown. And with that breakdown, as any particular system or any particular process, it needs a foundation. You as a person should have a foundation. And with these, and with your foundation for your culture, your business culture, it I want you to start with four. You can you can you can do as many as you want to for your foundation, but understand this, a foundation needs to be solid. So you don't want to stretch yourself too thin. Start with four key attributes that you want your personal culture to have. So when you take Jared's questions and you address those, that's a that's kind of like, as we mentioned earlier in the episode, having that assessment of yourself and being truthful, being honest, being transparent, and addressing those questions head on. Once you do that, get to work. And that's where what I'm asking you to do comes in. A minimum of four. And with these four... They are very important. Four key attributes of your personal brand. Now, two of those four, two of those four should reflect where you, tr- those two uh, attributes should truly reflect who you are and what you bring to the table right now. The second two, which will make a total of four, but the second two should reflect those attributes that you aim to get one day, but you just don't have them right now. For whatever the reason is, 
that's for you to address and that's for you to address it once you write it out and you can say this is the reason why I have these two attributes right now this is why I feel that they are great um, um, great characteristics and they will bring so much value to my brand today and years to come and the second two will be the attributes that will bring so much value to me one day but I need there's a lot more work that I need to do to get there and with those four you can be able to figure out where you're at right now and you can also build a roadmap for yourself for where you want to go a year from now two years from now etc but that will be an even balance of where I am great at and where I would love to be great at one day I just need some I just got to get there some way somehow what I want to do is I want to take it to the next level for our overachievers our people who are comfortable being uncomfortable I want you to when you get those four down I want you to record yourself and looking directly in the camera and you're not talking to yourself you're not talking to anyone else you're talking to you five ten even 15 years from now you can post this on social media if you want. I don't personally care. I want you to have this saved somewhere. Somewhere you can access it. And I want you to look into the camera and tell yourself 10, 15 years from now, hey, our values are this. Are you carrying out our values today? Exactly. And those are our action steps for this episode. Of course, we always end with reading recommendations. Mine is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Get those interpersonal skills up, my people. And Amara, yours is? Mine is Crushing It by Gary V. Gary V is someone who I've been following recently. And I asked the time to not just watch the videos, but I definitely um, got the Audible app where you can listen to uh, recorded books, audio books. And... I've been listening to his book for the past few days, and I absolutely, I absolutely love it. I've been applying everything that he's told me to the podcast, to the real estate business, as well as to my personal self, and I'm starting to see improvements day in, day out. It's a, it's a, it's a uh, road worth traveling when you read this book or you listen to this book, and being able to really reflect on who you are right now and who you want to be in the future. And that ties into this whole episode of company culture. And I would proud to be to say, before we head out, remind yourself daily, you are your biggest investment. You are your biggest, um, you are your biggest company investment. You cannot invest into anyone else's team, anyone else's culture, until you start investing into your own culture. Gems, <laughs> man and I'm not saying that because it sounds good I'm saying that because I've had to face those moments where I had to be real with myself and I faced those moments where I've overcome and you will too you just gotta put the work in I wanna say thank you guys for joining us on another episode of Off the Hustle this is Jared this is Amari and you guys have a great week peace peace Hey, everybody, I want to say thank you for listening. It's been a great pleasure, and we look forward to having you on our next episode. This is Jared. And this is Amari. And this has been Off the the Hustle. Hustle.